Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Man, before we get to our next guest, can we just make a pact, an agreement? Next year when we do the shrimp eating contest and we have Joey Chestnut in, the best competitive eater world champion. We have Nick Wary and Mickey Sudo in, uh, the first family of competitive eating. Can we not do the thing where you and I competitive eat with the shrimp and they just watch us i'm so <laughs> i'm so humiliated right now i could barely get two shrimp down i'm so embarrassed and when you have you know joey chestnut the best in the world and you're trying to do what he does it's just it's almost insulting to him right <laughs> it's like if I, mike tyson were watching a street fight between yeah. richard marks and clay aiken <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Oh, well, congratulations. You beat me by disqualification. So. <laughs> Have fun at the uh, St. Elmo Shrimp Eating Contest for the Big Ten Championship tomorrow. Good luck to all of those, all of our guests. Let's go to the WIBC hotline and bring on Tommy Pickett. He's the RNC Strategic Communications Director. You can find some of his work on Twitter at RNC Research. Tommy, last night, this DeSantis and Gavin Newsom debate, we mentioned earlier, like, I don't know how fired up I was ahead of time to watch it, but once I sat down and those guys started going back and forth, I was kind of hooked in, and now I'm kind of at the point where I kind of want to see more of these types of things. Well, look, I don't know what Newsom is thinking, to be perfectly honest. I I know he has a very high opinion of himself, but... (laughs) It, that's obvious to everyone that he does, and it's just so mismatched with reality. I mean, he, he kind of reminds me of a James Bond villain, to be perfectly frank. And so he goes out there, and he like he, he's acting like he has all these answers, and he doesn't because his state's a failure. People are leaving his state in droves. They're literally voting with their feet. So only someone that's completely out of touch or really has a completely uh, made-up impression of themselves would feel confident running on Newsom's record because it's a record of failure. I mean, it's just obvious to everybody. The one thing that I picked up on last night, and tell me if you saw this as well, Gavin Newsom is a dude that's used to having the media in his back pocket, right? Greasy Gavin. He's a good-looking guy. He's from California. He's very well-spoken. He's great in front of a camera. But a state's a hellhole, and very few people call him out on that. He's used to having his way. He got uncomfortable last night when Sean Hannity and then on the other side, Ron DeSantis, were calling him out using facts. Well, I think it's the using facts part that's important. The Democrats aren't used to facts in general. They're used to the liberal media framing these questions in a way that they never really have to address their failed records or the facts. I mean, honestly, Gavin Newsom is someone that walks down a state and then goes to the French Laundry as a— uh, for for dinner, I mean, it's it's he's a hypocrite, and so he may think he's doing well because he's nice and comfortable. He may think that he's doing well because he and his friends are doing well, but the rest of the state is not doing well. The rest of the state is suffering under Democrat leadership. That's why we've seen Republicans win in California, uh, really an unprecedented level, unprecedented levels in recent years. We've seen uh, more and more Republicans coming out to vote in California, a trend that we think is only going to continue, uh, key House races that were won there. Uh, so it, it really is showing that Gavin Newsom 
has failed. And I think you're exactly right to say that he's not used to answering questions. He's not used to having to address the facts because the liberal media is not uh, interested in confronting Gavin Newsom on the facts and on his failures. I don't think he was ready for that uh, map of the uh, fecal reporting. The, <laughs> the, 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 you know, DeSantis breaks out that map of San Francisco, and this is where all the, the incidents of, of human feces has been reported. And then the icing the cherry on top of that sunday is when he went after newsom for cleaning up san francisco for a chinese dictator to come in town and lining the streets with chinese flags that made newsom look horrible and it's in line with what the democrat position is they put america last you know they time and time again it's all about putting america last the democratic party from joe biden all the way down is a party that will roll out the red carpet for dictators while letting Americans suffer, that will refuse to secure the border while letting Americans suffer, that will will go to climate conferences. Uh, Right now, there's several Biden administration officials heading to a climate conference using private jets, uh, large Humvees, uh, eating steak dinners while telling the rest of us to stop eating meat, uh, to stop stop driving our cars, and to try to regulate all of our appliances out of existence. That's the Democratic Party for you. Right there, in a nutshell, uh, they'll, they'll roll out the red carpet for cocktail hours yeah. with foreign dictators, but not, you know, clean up their streets to to really help their citizens. Tommy Pickett is our guest. He's the RNC Strategic Communications Director, joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. A uh, big week of hearings in Washington. I was fascinated with the uh, the Twitter files, journalists that came through, but it feels like all of this is just kind of a prelude to the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden investigation. Sounds like, and nothing is official yet, but it sounds like wheels are in motion for Hunter to appear before the Oversight Committee sometime around December 13th. Tommy, I'm curious as to your thoughts on what you would like to see happen here. Yeah, well, this is part of an ongoing effort. I mean, this is something that the chairs of the various committees, Jason Smith, James Comer, Jim Jordan, have been saying for a while that they're building this evidence, they're building this case, and then eventually they're going to bring in people that can speak to the evidence that they have. I mean, it's about gathering the facts and doing a really complete investigation. And that's really a huge difference between Democrats and Republicans. Democrats, you know, follow the, uh, the, the, the agenda they want to follow regardless of the facts. Republicans are the ones that are actually building a case on the facts. So I think what's going to happen there is Hunter's going to face a lot of questions about all of the evidence that's been collected by House Republicans in terms of bank wires, in terms of text messages, in terms of Joe Biden's involvement uh, or potential involvement in a lot of these influence peddling schemes, because the evidence is growing by the day. And Democrats are going out there and spreading conspiracy theories in defense of Joe Biden. You have Democrats that are still denying that the laptop is legitimate, which is ridiculous. You have Democrats going out there and saying that there is no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong, which is also Ridiculous. So I think Democrats are scrambling, and I expect this to be another step in gathering the facts for the American people. Do you think – here's the thing with the Republicans. I was kind of fired up this week because Hunter said, yeah, let's go. No closed-door meetings. I'll go testify. And Comer the, 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 and, and Jordan and the people on the Oversight Committee were like, no, we want we got to do this. You know, we got to go closed-door first and then do a public hearing. I, My opinion, man, I was like, just put Hunter out there. This is what you wanted. He has agreed to go out there. I don't know if there's a process they have to follow. There's precedent. There's a a legal format that you have to follow when you have these hearings. But I was like, forget about the closed door stuff. You got him right where you want him. Grill this guy. Was I? Am I wrong in that opinion? 
Well, I think kind of two things here is one, there is sort of a process that is put forward. And I think it's important that no one get any sort of different treatment. And that's what House Republicans are committed to. This is in flux, but I think that's the, the general guiding principles that Republicans want to follow is fairness, transparency, and making sure everyone is treated with uh, the, you know, the same, okay. everyone's treated the same in terms of the facts. And I think the second part of this is Democrats are committed to stonewalling this investigation at in any way possible. And so I think part of why you would have a private or closed door uh, deposition first is to get those answers, get that fact, see what Hunter's going to say without Democrats interrupting you every five seconds for the cameras. Hmm. And I think that's going to be a big difference. And once you're armed with those facts, once you hear what Hunter has to say, then you can present those facts. You can question Hunter in public. And the Democrats' shenanigans are going to be exposed for that because you know already what Hunter is going to be saying to a lot of these questions. And ultimately, yes, Hunter coming in is going to be interesting, but it's not even about Hunter. This is about the big guy. This is about Joe Biden and all roads leading back to him. Last thing here, Tommy, before we let you go, uh, speaking of Joe Biden, he was kind of bragging this past week about inflation coming down and was kind of threatening businesses with a very sternly worded tweet, quote, let me be clear to any corporation that hasn't brought their prices back down, even as inflation has come down, it's time to stop price gouging. Give American consumers a break. Your thoughts? It shows he's completely economically illiterate because that's not how it works. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not, it's how, it not how it works. No, it's, it's not how it works. Inflation means prices are still rising. Prices are still rising, and they're rising at double the rate they were when Joe Biden took office. There's not deflation, which is what would need to happen, which is a price decrease around the economy for that tweet to make any sort of sense. And what I think it really reveals, besides that tweet making absolutely no sense, is that we can't trust Joe Biden with our money. We can't trust Joe Biden with making economic policy because they are economically illiterate. They're going to spend us into oblivion, have no real policy, and are going to make bad faith arguments blaming everyone but themselves for the inflation they created. And so I think this tweet is so... Uh, emblematic of the larger problem that we have with Joe Biden, that they don't know what they're doing. Their only guiding light is take more from the American people, give it more to special interest groups. And that's got to come to an end. Thankfully, the House Republican majority is fighting that. But we got to elect a new president in 2024 to really put an end to it. Economic illiterate needs to be on a shirt somewhere. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, Tommy Pickett at RNC Research, Strategic Communications Director. Tommy, we'll talk again next Friday. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.